Bearing the cross of Jesus involves burdens that we would not have except that we are Christians. Okay? And let's bear that in mind. Bearing the cross for Jesus involves burdens we wouldn't have except the fact that we are disciples of the Lord. Okay? And so it does not mean common everyday burdens, even though we are instructed in Galatians 6 verse 2 to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, we help each other throughout life, but these burdens are not what Jesus uh, meant there. A second thing it does not mention is, and, and some of our religious friends will, will go this direction, but uh, it does not mean just preach Jesus and the cross and leave other doctrinal matters alone. It doesn't mean that. Okay, We know that uh, from Scripture. If we went this direction, then... Basically, that would encourage uh, open fellowship to, to everyone, to anyone, no matter what they believe. And mostly, it would discourage careful obedience. That's one thing that Jesus calls upon us uh, to think about, careful obedience. You know, he says in Matthew seven twenty one, Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so it doesn't mean just preach Jesus on the cross and leave everything else alone. As great as grace is, and, and the cross of Jesus is the great manifestation of all the love and grace and mercy that the Father has for us, as great as grace is, it is never meant to discourage this. Uh, obedience. It's never meant to excuse disobedience. Okay. As great as the love of God is, and wonderful and amazing that it is, it is never uh, brought to us in order to discourage obedience, but rather the very opposite, to be more like the Lord as He left heaven. You know, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, uh, mentions to us and teaches us that Jesus Himself submitted Himself to the cross. He became obedient unto, de unto the death, even the death of the cross. And so it encourages careful obedience. And the grace of God does not cover our sin. It does not cover our error. It does not cover our lack of repentance or our lack of devotion uh, to God. Turn your Bibles over to Acts uh, 13 for a moment. And in your Bible, you'll notice that Paul is going to arrive in a place called Antioch of Pisidia. And as his uh, practice was, he would go right to the synagogues because that was his uh, most um, uh, opportune place to be. That's the place where he would most likely get the opportunity to, to at least talk to some uh, people about the gospel. And so you notice this in Acts 13. Uh, 15, they, they were reading from the law and the prophets in the synagogue. And then uh, some of the people in the synagogue says, uh, Brother, uh, would you have anything you'd like to say today? Can you imagine saying that to the Apostle Paul? Uh, can, you, can you imagine a, an, an, an analogy to that? Uh, that would be like saying uh, on a cold, cold, cold morning and uh, somebody's got a fresh pot of coffee made, and they've got a little cream to go with it, and they ask me, you know, would you care for a cup of coffee? And it's like, well, I'm already at the pot. But Paul, Paul here, you know, can you imagine? They're reading the law and the prophets, and then they turn to him and say, do you have anything you'd like to say? And he, he dives right in, of course. 
And so throughout the chapter, he's preaching to them. Now, getting all the way down to Acts 13, uh, 44, you see that the very next Sabbath day, he's there in the synagogue again. And there's a great crowd, but the unbelieving Jews, they begin to stir things up and contradict what Paul had been saying. And so here's what Paul and Barnabas said, Acts 13 and, and 46. He said, he said uh, brethren, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken unto you first, but see, seeing that you have thrust it away, and that you are judging yourselves now unworthy of eternal life, we are turning to the Gentiles. Okay. And so we just bring that up to show that they're, they're preaching God's grace. Okay. They're bringing the grace of God uh, to these Jews. But if they're going to thrust it from them, then they're going to turn to people who would be uh, more willing to listen. In Hebrews 10 and 26... Uh, the statement there from the apostle is, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, then there remains no more sacrifice for sin. And so you see that this bearing the cross does not mean just preach Jesus and leave uh, all other doctrinal and, and teachings of the Lord alone. And then it doesn't mean this as well. It doesn't mean simply displaying the cross or wearing the cross, or making the sign of the cross. Years ago, I think when we were just uh, married, um, we heard of a fellow around Easter time who built this wooden cross, and then at the bottom of the cross, uh, he put some, some wheels on it. And to, in order to uh, uh, bring awareness to Easter time, uh, he drugged that cross from Huntsville to Mobile on, on, on the roads. Uh, and trying to bring awareness, and it probably was very, very sincere, but that in itself, of course, is not what Jesus means when he says, take up your cross and, and follow me. You might see in, in athletic contests uh, at crucial moments, like when a, when a baseball player comes to the, the batter's box, okay, he'll just make that cross sign. He's just constantly making that cross sign, you know, and... Uh, as if that's going to give him some kind of uh, divine edge uh, in what he's uh, doing there. And probably the catcher sitting there making his cross sign too. And so you get two crosses going against each other. This is simply, we just say this, just to simply say, you know, this is not what Jesus means at all. You know, when the uh, ruler Constantine came in uh, to power in Rome, he eventually fa started favoring Christianity. He made the cross a sacred symbol. And by the 6th century, they were not only making crosses to pass around, but they had put the, the image of Jesus on the cross. And these are, these are called what you've heard before, crucifixes. Okay. But he did this, and, and people around Constantine uh, did this, but there's not a word in the New Testament where we see the apostles doing any kind of show of a cross or any of the early Christians or any word from, from the Bible itself to say, take a cross around. And somebody might do this and, and be very sincere about it, but that's not what it means to bear uh, the cross of Jesus. And so now let's switch over to the next category and, and say, well, what does this mean? What does this What does it mean to bear the cross of Jesus? Take up our cross and follow him. Well, of course, first it means an intense commitment. An intense 
commitment. You see this in all these passages from Matthew 10 and Matthew 16 and Luke 9 and Mark 8 and, and um, Luke 14. You know, to, to give up everything and to follow our Lord. That's, that's the idea. It's an intense uh, commitment. It's not a casual one-time decision that we see all across the land. You know, it is an intense commitment. It is a commitment that's not only intense, but it's full of, of sincerity. It's full of a bunch of desire uh, for the Lord. It is full of, of devotion. And, and there's no turning back. There's no turning back. Uh, that's what taking up the cross and following Jesus uh, means. A religious writer of a couple of uh, generations ago by the name of... Um, I think it's A.T. Dozier. Um, he said this. He said, um, picture a man on the cross and then think about three things. First, he is facing in one direction. Secondly, a man hanging on the cross cannot turn around. And thirdly, a man hanging on the cross cannot any further... Anymore, he cannot make any plans of his own. Now, folks, sit up and pay attention to that for just a minute. That sums up the commitment that we are making to the Lord. One direction, no turning back, and now we don't make our own plans. It's all under the submission of it's all under control. It's all under the will of our God. So it means a very intense uh, commitment. A second thing that taking up the cross and following Jesus uh, means that sometimes we have to do duties, tasks that are unexpected. Unexpected. If you scan Matthew, Mark, and Luke... If you look at Luke 23, 26, if you look at Mark 15, 21, and if you look at Matthew 27, 32, you see something that we all remember happening. When it's time for Jesus, now he's being condemned in this mock trial they had at night. He's being condemned. It's time for him to go out to Golgotha. And so he, he has to drag his own cross. John 19, 17, Jesus has to drag his own cross. But... Of course, he's been beaten so severely. Okay, he's already lost so much blood, he just cannot do that physically. And so they compelled a man. You might remember this man's name, Simon of Cyrene. They compelled a man who just happened to be coming in from the country. They compelled him to help Jesus take that cross. And Simon's situation there... Um, reminds us that in bearing the cross of Jesus, sometimes we will need to do things that we didn't expect that we would need to do. If we serve Christ for very long, that will be our situation. It would be nice to just say, well, here's my talent, and here's what I'm going to do for the Lord. But that is not reality when you're serving Christ. You do what is necessary, and oftentimes because others do not step up to the plate, then you're faced with the responsibility of filling in the gaps. And because we love Jesus so much, then we are willing to fill in uh, those gaps. 
And so sometimes it simply means that you do things you didn't expect to do. Think about the, the story Jesus told about the Good Samaritan and what made him so good. One of the primary things that leaps off that page there in, in Luke 10 is that he was on a journey. He, he had other business. And he come upon a man who had been beaten and stripped and left for, for dead. And he had no plans of helping that man that day. But when you're bearing the cross of Jesus, your time's schedule, your schedule sometimes needs to change. Brother Maynard used to be among us. and He, he said, a soul winner must be adaptable and flexible and, and a few other words he would use there. But we, we got his drift real fast. Okay. So it does mean that sometimes we're going to be called upon to do those things that we would not normally plan to do, but that's okay. That's okay. Speaking of Brother Maynard, I remember one time um, he dropped a suitcase on his foot. And his bottom of his, his feet, his foot, and the bottom of his leg swelled up, fiery red, from, from just that drop. And I don't know why that, that happened. But he went, we took him to the doctor. He was here when that happened. He, we took him to the doctor, and they gave him some antibiotics and... But um, all the week that he was at our house, every morning I was in there in the bedroom putting his socks on for him. You know? And he just laughed. <laughs> he, just, he said, David, this is so great. He said, now I expect you to be back here tonight and take them off for me. <laughs> you know? So he always made the best of things. But um, sometimes you do things that you don't expect to do. That's what happens when you're bearing the cross of Jesus. And a third thing it means is that sometimes we'll be called upon to endure ridicule and taunting because remember that's what Jesus received while he was hanging on the cross. If you look at Mark 15, 30 to 32 or any of the cross references, uh, Matthew 27, Luke 23, you'll see the crowd there on the cross. How could they do this? How could they do how how does man get to a point in his life where he would be willing to send up ridicule to a man dying on the cross? Whether you agreed with that man or not, how do you get to that spot in your life? But they would yell up to Jesus and say, Hey, you saved others. Can you not save yourself? If you are the king of Israel, come on down from that cross. You know? And then they said this. They said, um, you that would uh, destroy the temple and build it back in three days, come down from that cross and show us how it's done. It's continued that kind of, those kind of, completely misunderstanding all that Jesus had been teaching uh, during his life. But if we're going to take up the cross and follow Jesus, we will have to endure this kind of ridicule. And it's not just for young folks. Old folks sometimes shy away from complete following to the Lord because they're afraid of what others are going to say about them. I well remember the high school years and, and guys who are about my age, maybe you can relate to this too. I don't know what it is now in high school, but I well remember that people would go around talking whether or not a person had lost their virginity or not. You know, And if you were thought of being one who had not, who had not been with a, a girl or a girl who had not been with a guy on an intimate level, then people talked about you, talked about you. So we're in geometry class. 
one day. And in walks a guy, and I'm not going to call his name because it might just, he just might just, you know, this crazy Facebook might get back to him. But in, in comes this guy smiling from ear to ear. And what you, what's wrong with you today? And he said, he said, I was, and he didn't use these words, but he said, you know, I was intimate with my girl last night. I, I, I did it. I did it. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's just unbelievable. But why, why is he so happy? He is now the burdens lifted off of him. People will not talk about him anymore. You know, that's that's real pressure that people feel. They ought not to. They ought to just be willing to bear the cross for Jesus. But people feel that. They they feel that taunting. They feel like people are talking about them. They feel like people are jeering at them. And all kinds of commitments we ask our young folks to endure uh, because we ask, you know, we teach them the, the law of Christ. And, you know, we've got to be modest. We've got to stay away f- from drugs. We've got to be faithful in attendance. We've we got to go on and on about that. And the, our young folks are going to have some taunting coming toward them. But we've got to remind them that Jesus endured a lot more for us than what we're asked to endure for him. Hebrews 12.2 says, Jesus endured the cross. What am I willing to endure uh, for him? And then finally, bearing the cross of Jesus, taking up our cross and following him, it means sticking with Jesus regardless of the cost. Sticking with Jesus regardless of the cost. Paul mentions something curious in Galatians 5.11. He says... um, he said that what was dealing, going on in, in, in Galatia at that time was trying to go back to the old law and justify at least parts of the old law of Moses and still keep the gospel uh, being taught in the churches. And Paul was rebuking that at every chance that he, he had. But the real reason that people wanted to turn back to the old law is because they were being uh, persecuted. They were being made fun of. They were, they were receiving pressure and Paul said, you want to remove the offense of the cross. That's where I'm getting at. Paul said, you are seeking to remove the offense of the cross. We must remember that with the cross, with taking up our cross and following Jesus, there is going to be an offense. O-F-F-E-N-S-E. An offense to the world. The world's never going to appreciate our following Jesus. We must get that through into our heads, into our hearts. They're never going to appreciate us following Jesus. But follow Him we must. And we must be willing to endure. So it means sticking with Jesus regardless of the cost. And if we have trouble with that, all we got to do is go back to these passages and read the suffering of Jesus on the cross. And what He endured for us. And then He calls upon us to simply submit to His will and follow Him do you really think that, that you'll ever sacrifice for the Lord as much as He has sacrificed for you? And yet, are we willing not to come back toward Him with our love and devotion and give all that we can uh, to Him? Galatians six seventeen, Paul said, I bear on my body the marks of Christ, the marks of Jesus. Paul said, if you want to question my devotion to the Lord, then just come look at my back. Paul had been whipped many times for the Lord. He still had the scars. Okay. He probably had a limp or two. 
He had suffered much for the Lord. Taking up the cross and following Jesus means we follow regardless of the cost. If we still have trouble believing this, go to John 19 and look at the foot of the cross, verses 25 to 27, and notice who's there. Yeah, there's Mary, mother of Jesus. She is not going to abandon her son. Where are the disciples at this time? Where are they? They have fled in fear. But not Mary. She's not going to abandon her son. She's right there. She's right there. She cannot escape the horror of what she's seeing them do to her son. But she's still right there. She will not be moved. She will not be moved. And so, we are not saved from the cross. We are saved through the cross. That's my concluding statement. We are not saved from the cross. First, there had to be the cross of Jesus. And we're not worthy to be in the same room with Jesus. But nonetheless, because of His mercy, He allows us to follow Him. And so therefore, we take up our cross and follow Him. We're not saved from the cross. We're saved through the cross. If we can assist anyone today, anyone in this audience, anyone who may be at home, please let us know. This is important. This, this is huge. There's no more important thought than what we are looking at right now. Right now. This is, this is Jesus talking to the world. Come, take up your cross and follow me. He even said this to the rich young ruler. Go sell all you have. Take up your cross and follow me. It's for the whole world. If you're here this morning and it's, it's time for you to be baptized. I mean, you believe in Jesus. You know, you know what's ahead of you. You're, ready, you're willing to count the cost and, and still follow him. Then we're ready to assist you uh, in your obedience to the Lord. Or it may be that you'd like to have prayers of strength uh, from fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever your need may be, uh, please make that known right now as we stand together, as we sing.